Hello. <laughs> G'day. What's hey, going on? Yeah, yeah, lots, mate, lots. Yeah. We are, we are Lucky Parachute. Yes, we are Lucky Parachute. And Welcome. This is a podcast. Yeah, it's June the 2nd, 2022. And we are at episode 30. We sure are. Dirty, dirty. 30 episodes. Oh, dirty, 30, should I say. That sounds about right. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's been a long road and uh, there's longer roads to go down. Still a long road. Still yeah, the same road. Same road, really. Still just a long road. But uh, yeah, there you go. Thanks everyone for uh, continually uh, listening to us and supporting us. And uh, just want to say thanks. Yeah. Cheers, guys. We appreciate you. And oh, yeah, so it's, um, it's the 151st day of the year. It is the 151st day of the year. I knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 214 days remain. There you go. There you go. There's a little fact for you. I keep track of how many days there are. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. That's why I know. It's weird, isn't it? It's also National Moonshine Day. National Moonshine Day? Yeah. <laughs> National Moonshine Day. Did you make some? No. Oh. No. My... So my wife's father used to make it. Okay. Nasty stuff. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nasty stuff. Why is it celebrated it. then? Oh, because it's, I don't know. Because it's fun. nasty. Why not? It's like a dirty drink, isn't it? <laughs> it's filthy. <laughs> uh, it's also National Bubba Day. National Bubba Day. Yep. As so what do you reckon that means? Like babies or bubba tea? No, it's, no, that's <laughs> bubba tea, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's true. <laughs> bubba tea. No, you put babies yeah, so they and blend you make up tea. Babies. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, National Bubba Day is actually like your bubba, so it could be your pet or it could be your partner. Oh, so that's a bit of a lame one, yeah, I thought. Yeah, that's lame. I thought I'd chuck that one in there, though. That's, that's... National I Love My Dentist Day. Okay. Yeah. Is that international? I reckon the dentist came up with that one. <laughs> so you can, like, appreciate and yeah. go book yourself in. Like, what can we do? Not enough people are rocking up. <laughs> do you reckon people book in on National I Love My Dentist Day? I reckon mm, it's overflowing? No. Receptionists can't fucking handle the phones. They're going hot. I reckon dentists are like, we're not appreciated. <laughs> like, everyone hates the drills. We need a day. We need a day for us. Oh, those drills, though. Yeah, every time I hear them, like, I actually shiver. Lovely. Um, Also, which is something I know you did today, it's leave the office early day. Oh, there you go. So, Well, um, if you call the paddock an office... Yep. Then you uh, You left the office early today. I tried my best. Good job. It is also... Rocky Road Day. Oh, yum. There you go. This is some dirty Rocky Road, mate. Mm-hmm. You know what? I actually hate this. Good. We're in your mouth and eat it. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. It's also Rotisserie Chicken Day. I didn't bring a rotisserie chicken for you, though. Man, that would have been way better than Rocky Road. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to sit here and listen to me eat. That's all right. Um, Spring Bank Day in the UK. Okay. What do you reckon that day is? Spring what? Spring Bank Day. Is it like the day that the uh, the bankers spring off out of their office? No. Do I have another crack? No. Okay. <laughs> it's a day where they relax. Who? Just everyone. Everyone? Yeah. In the whole country? Apparently. So yeah, spring bank day. I thought it was going to be something more than that. And then you look at what it is and it just goes, yeah, everyone just chills out. <laughs> so I hope you're all having a good chill out in the UK. Or spring bank day or whatever the fuck that oh, is. UK? Yeah, I'm UK. Are you okay? I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that is all the days for today, and that has been Aaron's Day of the Week. Oh, I love this segment. It's the best. Yeah. So, you yeah. missed, um, we, we didn't record, obviously, but the other day I put a post up on Multiple Sclerosis Day. Yes, MS Day. Yes, uh, a bit of awareness out there. It's a pretty full-on thing. Sure is. And a family member that's uh, that's that's got it, mm-hmm. and 
will have it for the rest of their lives, I suppose. That's what happens. But, but they are coming up with lots of good things. Yeah, and yeah, Every yeah. little, every so little there you penny go. helps. Shout out, guys. Yeah. Girls. Do it up. Um, so I've got a bit of a story this week. Oh, yeah. We were going to jump in and go, hey, guys, coming up in today's episode, yeah. we've got a whole bunch of dirty stories. Well, I've got a story <laughs> that's about sort of a bit of survival, and I'm pretty sure Jai's got a bit of a survival story, I've got a survival too, a bit story. later on. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about some dirty things. And then later, later on, we've got uh, a whole bunch of rubbish, uh, I guess, research that we've done. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. Yep, so we've got an episode that's kind of full of stuff today. Full of dirty stuff. So I am going to start off with my story. Where are you going? <laughs> All, right. All right, hang on, hang on. All right, so everybody, he's just taken off his hat. That's that's for you. you Thank you. Explain I'm, what I've given to you. Please. I've got a uh, what are these called? Leathermans. Yeah, more I of an a... imitation Leatherman. All right, it's a it's a fake Leatherman, and uh, yep, it seems to work. Climbing rope. Climbing rope, and you're wearing a hard hat now. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Thanks, buddy. I really like how you get into the character for these character. Uh, these stories. All right. <laughs> I've never seen you in a hard hat before. That's freaking hilarious. Is it good? Does it suck me? Should I wear it more often? You should definitely wear it every time I... Funny every, story, every day. I found this on the side of the road. It was a Western Power one. I just sandpapered off the Western Power. Oh, did you? Now I'm a cable. You defaced it. Yes, I did. It's pretty clean, mate. It's a pretty clean hard hat. I was expecting it to be a bit more dirty than that. I washed it today. Did you? Yeah, well, it was dirty, but okay. I washed it. Well, there you go. Um, doesn't fit very well. I've known, you know they're adjustable, right? Are they? <laughs> You've never worn a hard hat before in your life. No, I've got a pretty hard head, mate. I don't need to. Oh, I don't know about that. No, I can't be bothered adjusting it. All right. All right, so this is a story about a bloke named Aaron Ralston. Hmm. You probably don't know the name very well. No. And it occurred in America. America. Yeah, um, southeastern Utah. So mm-hmm. that is, yeah, it's called Canyonlands National Park. 500 square miles big. So think, remember the old cowboy movies when you get those big columns of rock and all that sort of stuff through the desert? Yeah. That sort of desert. Cool. Like nothing, just rocks and shit. Just rocks and shit. Yep. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. Just, dirty just big rocks, rocks and shit. So, uh, April 26, 2003. Aaron gets up and decides he's going to go on an adventure. Did ya? Not me. <laughs> this is Aaron with one A. Oh, right, that's definitely... I don't agree with it, but each to their own. Yeah, fair enough. That's fine. Um, So he's off on his adventure. He's an adventurer. He's done this stuff all the time. He's climbed mountains. He's one of those dudes. Like a professional adventurer. He's a professional adventurer. But a super, like, one of those super people. Oh, he's a superhuman. Well, technically. He does stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot more (laughs) stuff than we do. He does stuff. Like climbing mountains. Yeah. He's been in an avalanche. We climb mountains, man. Remember that time we climbed a mountain over in Queensland? I've never been in an avalanche. Don't think well, I know, really. Maybe an avalanche of like people's emotions. <laughs> I've been in many of them. When their customers, we'll talk about them another time. <laughs> so, um, off he heads, and he's heading into the Blue John Canyon, which is a slot canyon. So, a slot canyon is pretty much just a crack in the ground. Okay. So you've got like a big ground, and it goes goes down, and this one goes right down, and sometimes it narrows into maybe like two foot, and so think of like wave rock, but mm. there's two of them like wedged together. Wow, that's And hectic. sort of snaking through mm. through like a canyon. Like a stuff. huge crack in the ground. Like a big ass crack in the ground. Yeah. Exactly. But deep. This thing at some stages gets up to like four or five stories deep. Oh, wow. So it can be dark down there. Proper so crack dark. in the ground. So, yeah, so deep that you mm. need a headlight pretty much yeah. in daytime. 
So off he heads and he's heading in there and he's having a bowl, as he does. He's got his, got his Walkman on, his CD Walkman. Of course, 2003. I didn't have one of them to bring. <laughs> I, did look, I, did look, I did look for one. You could have been hilarious with your, with your hard hat and your, yeah. and your CD yeah, Walkman. So he's heading off and... Um, there's you've so once you get in there you've pretty much got to navigate there's lots of little chalk stones so in the wet seasons you'll get rocks that'll be washed over the top that'll get down and they'll wedge into the into the cracks and the crevices and stuff so you've got to go over them and under them and around them and all that so he's climbing and carrying on he ends up getting to one part which is like a, it's about a 15 foot sort of drop off so you've got to navigate it and sort of climb down. He's got climbing gear. And but he's a professional, stuff. right? He's a professional. Yeah. So he's not using ropes at this stage. He's just sort of lowering himself down off, off a big rock. Mm. He's tested. All good. All sweet. The rock's not moving around. As he's lowering himself back off this rock, it shifts and moves. And so he's fallen down back past the rock and the rock's coming down at him. This is a 400 kilo rock. Wow. Yeah. So she's a big one. Mm. Um, as it's coming towards him, all he can think is to get his head out of the way. So he's moving his head back. It comes down. It smashes his, smashes his left hand against the wall and then lands, bang, clear on his right arm. Oh, no. And he's wedged. Yeah, like shit, stuck. yeah. You're not going to move a 400 kilo rock. No. So it's pretty much got him just above the, sort of just above the wrist. <laughs> and he's pinned solid. Wow. And he panics. So he's pulling and he's nudging and he's screaming and he's trying to get his knees under this rock to try and lift it, busting his ass. He's hitting the rock. He's doing everything you can think of. Hitting the rock. Yep. He's just well, punching the shit out of it. And um, in his panic, he bloody sculls most of his water. So he's sculled about half of his water. And in that stage, and he actually sort of calms down and starts thinking about the situation that he's actually in. And he's in a lot of pain. Hang on, he's by himself, right? He's by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I missed that at the start. Yeah. So he's, he's definitely by himself. He's definitely by himself. In a freaking huge dirty crack in the ground. And then the realisation sort of comes over him that he hasn't told anybody where he oh, is. Oh, no. One of those guys. Yeah. Mm. And that's not usual for him. Normally he would tell someone, let someone know exactly what he's doing and where he's going. I think I know why you gave me this now. Yeah. This Leatherman. So, um, so he's stuck and that's it. And he knows what this is like. This is rough. So he's pulling, he knows he's not going to get it. So he starts to sort of relax. The pain sort of starts to subside because all the nerves are dying, obviously, in his arm. And that's, yeah, what's going to happen. <sighs> so as he's sitting there, he's realising that no one's coming for him and he's stuck. So this is on a Saturday afternoon, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, no, it could have been a... Yeah, it was a Saturday. And um, so this is about 7.30 in the morning. So he's got all day. So he's there all day. And he's trying to get out. He's got his little Leatherman and he's got the knife out and he's chipping away at the rock. Ah, oh, yeah. Chip, 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 chip. Just chipping away at the rock slowly, slowly, slowly. But it's not doing the trick. It's a dull blade. It's not sharp enough. You know, the thing. Well, yeah, it's a pretty small, tiny blade as yeah. well. Yeah. And it's not even a real Leatherman. Real Leatherman. <laughs> yeah. He's, he had the pretend one. He had right? a pretend one. Yeah, just like me. So, um,. He's in there and he's in there for the long haul. He's in there for the night. So he's realised he's got to hunker down and he's not dressed for the night. And this is a night, night time in the desert. So it's yeah, they get really freezing. Cold. Yeah. And he's got two burritos and he's got about ugh, that much water. That much water. Yeah. 600 well, mils of water. That's not a lot of water. No. 22 fluid ounces. Okay. To be precise. This didn't happen to be on um, what's that day? Uh, spring Springbuck Day. 
Did Spring it? Bank Day. Spring Bank Day. No, it wasn't. In 2003. <laughs> everyone's like, you know what? I'm just relaxing. Everyone's chilling? Yeah, they're not going to go looking no, for them, are they? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But um, that was in the UK anyway. This is in America, mate. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Remember? of course. I'm such a good right. listener. Yeah, it's in Utah. Canyonlands National Park. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, all right. Blue John Canyon. There you go. You with me? I'm getting there. Aaron Ralston. Aaron is with two name. A's? No, one A. <laughs> <laughs> so he's stuck and he's, yeah, he's overnight and can't sleep. He's still trying to chip away. Every time he stops, he starts to shiver, starts to freeze. Because all he can think about, all he can really do is wrap himself in the rope that he's got to try and insulate himself. He's got his headphones on over his ears to try and keep himself warm. And that's about all he can do. That would suck. And he's also in a standing position. Mm. So he's not able to sit down. He's not able to do... <laughs> so he's standing there. He's wedged against the wall by this rock. He's fucking caught between a rock and a hard place, mm. literally. Or a rock and a rock. A rock and a rock. A hard rock and a hard rock. Harder rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A hard place to be. Exactly. So what he's got with him, he's got a rope. He's got a video camera. He's got his water. He's got, yeah, his, his knife, his imitation Leatherman. And that's about it, pretty much. So day two, sun comes up and he's made it through the first day. And he's just going to keep digging. New hope as well, because he knows that he made it through the night. He knows he can probably make it through another night if he needs to. And it's a Sunday, and maybe someone will come down. <laughs> yeah, and this is this is a long way away as well. Like where he is, he had he'd driven. So he he lived in um, Aspen. So he'd travelled from Aspen all the way up to where he is, about three hours, I think it was, drive, and then he'd ridden his bike twenty miles to a campsite. He rode his like, push yeah bike. yeah. This dude, that's what I mean. This dude's a, this dude's a madman. He's a maniac. Yeah, he is. He's a maniac. So he rides his bike, and then from and then he hikes from his from his camp. So he'd hiked also maybe another fifteen like miles before he'd found the canyon. So he's a full on literally you know, in the middle of this, nowhere. Yeah, yeah, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. So the likelihood of maybe someone going there is probably not <laughs> not good, really, because no. not everyone's a crazy man like him. No, and it's also a climb. Like like I mean, like to get in there, it was a fifteen foot down. Where he was, it was a fifteen foot climb down. Like it's not for everybody. Only Aaron's with one A. Yeah, Aaron's with one A apparently are pretty nuts. eh? Yeah. Yeah. So carries on and that's all he can do. He's chipping away and no one comes. He tries yelling out once, but he knows that it sounds not traveling. It's going to go maybe 50 meters one way, 50 meters the other way, and no one's going to be there. They're going to be coming that way. They're going to be coming, going to come and find him. So he is stuck. So he's having little sips of water, little bites of his burrito and just chipping away at the rock. And it sort of comes across his mind that he might have to cut his own arm off. Mm. This might that's, be something. That's, that's, yeah, that's, this might you, be something that's going to happen. When you gave me this yeah. and started explaining the story, that was going through my head. But he tries not to think about it and sort of carries on hoping that he'll be found, something will happen, all this sort of stuff. It doesn't. It carries on. So we get to about day four. I'm going to jump forward a little bit now because he's just stuck. He's still there. Yeah, he's still there and he's deteriorating. He's pretty much he's dying. So he gets to the point where he's got a tiny little bit of water left. This is, I think, day three, and he's just tipping it up and letting it just touch the inside of his lip and then just putting it back down. He's run out of food. That's all gone. Um, day four, next morning, um, he wakes up. He says, sorry, also, I forgot to mention, there's a raven that flies over every morning. I oh. saw it on day two, and it flies over at 8.15 every single morning overhead, just straight across, every single morning, like clockwork. 
wakes up, he sees the raven, and he drinks the rest of last little bit of his water. That's it. Day four, all gone. So he's really starting to think now. I'm I'm going to have to maybe cut my arm off. So he sort of gets himself a little bit amped up, and he looks at his arm and gets the knife out, and he stabs himself, and realizes that as he's doing it, he realizes that the knife's for one not sharp enough at mm. all, and he can't cut through bone. <laughs> so what that's a... more realization just washes over him that oh fuck. What a like, full on situation. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's pretty rough. So he's just devastated. And this whole time he's been filming little messages for his family on his camera, because that's all he can do, messages for his grandparents and all this sort of stuff. And um yeah, so that's the camera sort of becomes like a little bit of a haven for him, like something for him to do, other than looking at his watch, which is pretty much all he could do. Just keep looking at his watch. Um, the night times are the worst because they're so freezing cold. And you know what it's like when you're tired because you couldn't sleep as well. Well, not very well. Um, like you get tired and you just get cold. The, the tiniest little breeze will make you shiver. So he was shivering, freezing cold, couldn't sleep because as soon as you sleep, you start to shiver. So he had to wake up to do stuff. So exhausted, buggered, pretty much. Mm. Um, day four, though, is also the same day when he would have been due back at work. So luckily, his work colleague, he works at a mountaineering place, like an adventure dude place. Of course he does. This dude screams adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He screams adventure. Um, he figures out, right, he's not here. It's been the second day he hasn't rocked up to work. I need to do something. So he calls his mum, this Baron's mum, and his mum knows that something's wrong because he would have normally or done all that. So she's frantically running around doing stuff. She realises that she knows enough information to change the password for his email account. And then finds out where he'd been sort of just previous to that. So she knows he'd been around that sort of area by a friend and all that sort of stuff. She hacked into... She did a bit of hacking. She sounds pretty superhuman yeah. as well. Mums, yeah. mums don't hack into... Well, he's got to get it. He's got to get it from somewhere, <laughs> doesn't he? Well, there you go. Yeah. So they've tried everything. Um, she's done that. And it's all, she's let the police know in the area. But without... I mean, it's a big area. Utah and all of that. America is mm. just a big area. Huge, yeah. So... Um, they don't really have anything to sort of like narrow down on. Um, so day six comes around and still there, not looking good, really, really sort of sick, frail. Raven never comes. So the raven never flies overhead that morning. And he's not sure if that's a sign or if that's something or other. So he's still chipping away at the rock, chipping away at the rock, and then he sort of grazes his thumb with the knife and it just just cuts it, just nicks it like butter. So he real he goes, oh, because the knife had sharpened up a little bit from hitting it on the rock. Ah. So he's like, right, well, I'm going to try this again. So he gets the knife and just puts it into his hand, sort of on the side of his hand where he could see it, and it just slides in like butter. And he can't feel it, of course, because the hand's dead. And then... Blood. No, nah, not blood. Air. Decomposition. Oh. So his hand is rotting. Holy crap. Yeah. And that throws him into a panic again. And he starts ganking on his arm and pulling and bending and and just trying to get away from it because it disgusted him. He said it was like something that, yeah, realised that like he's he's rotting Mm. on his hand. And as he's pulling and twisting, he realises that his arm, if he really needs, he he could snap his arm. And then he realises that's what I've got to do. I need to snap my arm and then I'll be able to cut through it. 
So he gets his arm, because it's just above the wrist, so it's tensed in there. And he just starts putting pressure, more and more pressure, down, down, down. Puts his whole body weight, body weight on the arm. And then finally gets to it. And... <laughs> and a massive echo goes all the way through the canyon. Like a big pop, like a gunshot. Or a massive stick echoes through the studio. Yeah. That was that was good, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, right, he's done it. He's amped up. One bone's gone. Right? So you've got your radius and you've got your ulna. You've got the big one and you've got the little one. And he's got one more to go. So he's now he's got to go up. So now he's pushing up and he's pushing all his might upwards and then bang, another big pop. Bone's broken. So now he's got to go to work. And that was just pretty much what he said. Is he now knows he's just got to go to work. And he gets a knife out and he starts cutting. He can't go to work, man. He's stuck <laughs> with his hand in a rock. Yeah, let's knock off early, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, right, he's, he's yeah, he's going for it. And he's cutting into he's his hacking arm. hacking into his arm. He's cutting into his arm. So he's going through layers of skin. That's all fine. And he's cutting through tendons. Mm. And then just as he gets to one of the arteries, he realizes he hasn't put his tourniquet on. So he'd made a tourniquet from some of the rubber from his um, water bottle. Wow. So just before he does, he realizes. So he ties a tourniquet onto the top of his arm to stem some of the bleeding and then cuts into it. He goes through artery and then he goes through another, uh, he goes through an artery and then he goes through some more, um, whatever you could go through, fat and all that sort of stuff. But then he gets to the main tendon. And cutting through the muscle was hard, but you're not going to be able to cut through a tendon, especially not with a knife that's not very sharp. Tendons are tough. So he takes the pliers and of the of the leatherman yeah right and he just starts ripping the tendon oh god and ripping the tendon up and that's all you can do is just squeezing it ripping it up squeezing ripping it up and finally gets through it and finally is chopping into it luckily you can see the bone and they both broke pretty much in exactly the same spot hmm. as you'd think they would because you know when you pressurize something it, yeah it's always it'd be gonna... pretty shit wouldn't it if you had to like cut One through there and, and then halfway big, up the other side of his do arm. a big zigzag zigzag <laughs> <laughs> so and then, yeah, so he's through it. But then one last thing, he's got a big strand of nerves. Oh. And he can see them. And they're like spaghetti going up through the arm. And he just touches the knife on him. Bang. Shooting pain all the way up his arm like fire. But then he realises that he has to do this. He has to get through it. And by this stage, he's using the smaller tip of the smaller blade on the arm leatherman because that was still a little bit sharp. And he has to put the underneath the tendon, underneath the nerves... And then just rip up and just pluck them straight up and cut them all. And as he did that, he said it was just the most intense pain he's ever felt in his life. But then he just fell. Fell back. Oh, of course. Came and himself was, free, right? Free. Wow. And he was there and he said it was the most amazing feeling of his life. So he's there and now he's got to gather his thoughts. He's got to figure out what he's going to do. He's a long way from camp. He He's bleeding and he's weak. So And he can't climb. He's, just, he's just come down 15 yeah. foot. He's not getting back up there. And that rock that was meant to help him down, that crushed his arm, ain't there to help him up. So he's got to travel straight back. He's got to continue on through the canyon. So he continues on, and I'm not sure how far it was, but it was a good click. Fair distance. And this is going down deeper. There's water hazards. There's How he did this is unbelievable. So he ends up getting to where he needs to be, and it starts opening up where it opens up to. And what it opens up to is he now has to do... A Smurf village. Yeah. And they all run out and help him. Oh, and they put him wonderful. on a little flower of petals. <laughs> no. Now he has to climb down a 65-storey 
cliff. Wow. A rappel. With one arm. Yes. So he has to rig up with ropes. He has to rappel down 65 stories. Um, yeah. So, I'm no, sorry, not 65 stories. 65 foot, it's six stories high. Right. There so, you go. So that's there we go. That pretty was full a, on. Yeah, I made it much more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but still, that's still bloody high. Yeah. When you have an arm and you're bleeding and you're weak. Yeah, that's really high. And at this stage, he lost about 25% of his blood mm. as well. So he's going into shock. Yeah, shit's going on. Makes it down, because obviously he's a superhero. (laughs) Superhuman, mate. Superhuman. At the bottom is, thankfully, a big pool of rotten water. Oh, a big dirty pool. Yep, with a dead raven in it. Ah, right. There's the raven. Let's solve that puzzle. So um, so he sip, 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 little sips. He has to drink, so he has to. And then finally gulps, and then fills up his water bottles, and off he goes, because he needs to find something. He needs to find what's going on. By this stage as well, in the search... Luckily, she had rung all the ranger stations that were around and asked, had anybody seen his car? One of the rangers had said, yes, they had seen his car out on one of the trailheads where he left it. So, bang, now they know where he is. So they send a helicopter out and they're searching at the same time. So he's heading off, he's getting weak, he comes around a corner, it's a family from the Netherlands. Just magically there, there. there they, they are. They've come to see America. Wow. Just ma- like... Yeah. And they run into a guy with one hand. He comes around the corner <laughs> and says, I've had to cut my arm off. I need a helicopter. Help. So the father runs off. I'm sorry. Um, the mother and the son run off to go and get help. The father stays with him. They um, give him an Oreo. They had like two Oreos and some clean water. So he has that. And they all head off for help. He starts walking with the father. And just as it's he's gets to this point where he's pretty much got to go up an eight hundred meter like cliff climb, and he's weak. He's not doing that. You can hear and round the corner. Helicopter. Man, I thought you were going to bring in a helicopter. I couldn't bring a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> but here it comes, helicopter around the corner. Wow! Bang! Lands. Chops his other arm off. Yeah. No, <laughs> Chops his, his head off. Cleans him up. Takes his head off. Shit, that's no good. So yeah. And that is the story of Aaron Ralston and how he got out. Wow, that's that's um pretty full on, man. That's yeah, pretty dude. incredible. It's pretty nuts, man. For someone to survive that. To be able to do that as yeah. well. Yeah. Most people probably just give up. Yeah, probably. To have the drive. Yeah. Yeah. Majority. I mean, at the same time, people that are hiking and climbing down those sorts of areas probably aren't just average people. No. No. And he definitely wasn't an average person and still isn't. To this day, he still does. Now he's doing, like, um, everything. I hope so. Yeah. So he's got all these attachments for did his Did he go back and get his other hand? Uh, no, yeah, they did. They oh, did go back. There yep. you go, It yeah. took six men and a winch to get the rock up so they could recover his hand. Wow. And um, he also lost over 20 kilos. Yeah, you'd have in to. In that amount of time. You'd have to, yeah. Yeah. So no, lots, of surg- lots of surgeries and all that sort of stuff. And now he's got a superhero hand. Well, now it's now he can climb even better because a couple of the pictures I saw, he's got like an axe attachment. He's oh, got like yeah. his, he's got an ice climbing attachment. Oh, sick! So he's just like that's the first thing you do. Eh? And on the other hand, he's still yeah. his Leatherman. Yeah, he does. He does still have the Leatherman, <laughs> but you're not really going to use that, are you? Holy crap! That's <clears throat> on, man. There so you yeah, go. there's a little story of uh, strength and survival. You're not wrong. Yeah. Bloody oath. Yeah. That's, so um, pretty impressive. So the dirty water from where the raven was didn't mm-hmm. affect him. It would have. Oh, but, but that it would have done him. It would have done him more 
good than it would have been. Yeah, sure. He was on death's door. He was buggered. Anybody else most probably would have been dead. Yep, yep. Fair enough, fair enough. Speaking of dirty water as well, Mm. if you ever do find it Mm -hmm. when you're in the wilderness and you're lost and you're thirsty... Yeah, we have have done this before. Mm -hmm. Worst comes to worst, though. We haven't done this, though. No, we've done a different form of what you're about to say, I think. You can actually drink it through your anus. (laughs) Well, we haven't done that yet. No, we haven't. (laughs) Might have to try it. Maybe we can post a vid. So what? So if you can get a water bottle and say you can squirt water into your ass, right? Okay, uh, that, so that's even not what di- I had even dirty head. water, rotten water, because it's not it's taking that path. It's not taking the other path. Sure. Yeah. You can figure out the science about that, can't you? Of you course. Can think yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. In my head, I, I had it's like it's bypassing the stomach and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're still going to absorb the water. Got that. hundred percent got I that. I hear that some people take drugs that way as well. Really? Yes. Oh, that's weird. And some people hide shanks in them. Okay, that's Those even weirder. Those people are in prison. Yeah, like there you go. Yeah. Um, in my They're head, the guys that sit down really carefully at lunch. Yeah, they have to, wouldn't they? Yeah. They're like, oh, how are you going, mate? <laughs> Like, why have you got that little blow-up ring? No reason. No reason, no mate. Reason, Just the hemorrhoids are playing oh, up again. No reason, buddy. <laughs> yeah. No, I had like squatting in a creek in my head. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Just taking a swig. Yeah, all right. Anyway, that probably wouldn't work. Trying to in, trying to sip it up with your ass. <laughs> I guess so. It would be tricky. You might be able to do it. It's pretty gross. Hmm. All right. Um, well, since we're on the uh, the topic of these dirty survival stories, mm-hmm. I've I've done a little research on a little one yep. from Australia. So this is number two of thirty. Hey, we're doing thirty dirty survival stories. Is that what it is? No, it's going to be a long podcast. It's going to be no. I think we'll just do one each. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Let's stick it with that. Okay. So, all right, I'm going to jump in and do mine. It's kind of poignant, too, because we have survived 30 episodes. Yes, hmm. we sure have. I haven't chopped my arm off yet. Me either. I haven't even chopped yours off. I, I'm glad. Thanks. Right. <laughs> I kind of need my arm. Do I have my knife on me? You didn't bring your samurai sword or something, did you? No, I bought my new knife, right? Yeah, yeah, it looks like a little shaver. A little straight-edge razor. There you go. I'll post. I'll, I'm going to post a little video of... Um, a few knives, and you guys can tell me which one's your favourite. Or, or which one's cut through your armies. <laughs> yeah, I'll do a video and see which one can take my arm off the quickest. And the one that can cut through the nerves right, the best. got to find a suitable boulder. All right, Ricky McGee. Hey, now that's a name. Have you heard of Ricky McGee? I have not heard of Ricky McGee. All right, I'm surprised. You probably have heard this story, though. I probably have heard it. You've probably heard the story that I just told. Because I have not heard that You have story. not? No. All right. Well, there's a movie called 127 Hours. Oh, there you go. And that's how long he was pinned for. That sucks. And there's a movie about it, and it's got um, James Franco plays him. Mm-hmm. And it's a fucking good movie. Oh, there you go. I might have to have a little You'll watch. You'll have to watch it. It's hard. You've got to have Disney to watch it. You got Disney? Yeah, mate. I got Disney. I got yeah, all the streaming services. I wanted services. to watch it during the week, and I didn't have Disney, so I put my foot down. I said, no, I'm not going to get Disney just to watch it. Those dirty bastards, mate. They get, yeah, all those streaming services. Wankers tell you Disney. what. Nah, just the ones at Disney. Um, this guy actually wrote a book called Left for Dead. Okay. Um, it's obviously based on his true story. Yes. And I will tell you all about it. Aaron Ralston wrote a book as well. <laughs> Guess what it was called? Left-handed? Guess what it was oh, called. Come oh, on, shit. put a bit of thought into it. I don't know, 127 hours. Between a rock and a hard place. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, so Ricky McGee was travelling from Brisbane to Port Hedland in 2006 in January. Okay. So, so nice weather. 
Lovely nice weather up, up north in summertime, obviously. Yeah, it would it's... have been close to 35, 40 degrees. Oh, and the rest. Yep. Yeah, more like 45 plus. Um, yeah, obviously going over the top top yep. half of, uh, of Australia. Um, so on the way over, he, he stopped to help a group of stranded motorists on the side of the road. Okay. Right near the WA and Northern Territory border. A large group of motorists? It was a reasonable-sized group of motorists. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up giving agreeing to uh, give a small group a lift to the nearest town. Mm-hmm. Obviously, to help them out. Everyone in Australia pretty much... Well, not everyone, but most people in the outback will give you a hand if you're stranded, right? Definitely. Because it's freaking dangerous. It's, it's a hot. long way. It's it's Sometimes it could probably be classed as murder if you drive past somebody on one of those roads. Absolutely. It's, and it can be so far between towns exactly. and, and water and all these things. So yeah. he stopped and, uh, yeah, he gave him a lift to the nearest town. Uh, on the way uh, to this nearest town, one of his passengers somehow drugged him. Okay. So I'm, I'm assuming I didn't look into this part, but I'm assuming they've put uh, something in a water bottle. Oh, okay. Um, you know, snuck something in and and drugged him. Didn't stick the drugs up his bum. I don't know. You'd probably you'd probably be able to get away from that one. Maybe. Or you'd probably know if they're doing it. Yeah, you probably would, unless you got a few shanks hidden up there already. <laughs> then you probably wouldn't. <laughs> Ooh, cut my they finger. Might. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I knew yeah. you were gonna do that. I hit a shank up there. Little booby traps. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they drugged him, and basically he woke up in a ditch mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere under a tarp that was held down with rocks. Left for dead. Literally left for dead. So they drugged him on the I don't know, side of the road in a ditch, covered him with a tarp, mm-hmm. and put rocks to hold the tarp down. Yep. So he so woke up. So were they under the assumption that he was dead? I am assuming they didn't care. They obviously drugged him. It's interesting, though, because you'd think if you're going to do a job, do it properly or mm. just leave him somewhere else. Yeah. Maybe they thought that it's, the amount of drugs... Not a lot of people try to hide a sleeping person. No. So... No, it's a very intriguing mm. situation, isn't it? Anyway, um, they obviously took off with his car mm-hmm. and got what they wanted. Um, so, yeah, he woke up very sweaty. Yeah. As you could imagine. Luckily, laying... he wasn't cooked alive. Yes, but there's lots of lucky things in this uh, in this story. A bit like, yes. I guess, your previous story. Uh, so he wandered around. He literally, because I don't think he was on a main road. So the story that I read doesn't, you know, explain. I guess unless you read the book, I'm sure it does bang yeah. on. But it doesn't explain that he's he's not on a main road. He's obviously on a side road somewhere. He's in the middle of nowhere. Well, this is up, yeah. This is up north of Australia on a side road. This could be somewhere where people don't go, maybe for years at a time. That's right, exactly. Yeah. And that's where he was. Yep. So um, he wandered around for 10 days through the bush. Um, wow. He, I, I mean, he had nothing on him. So he was left in on the side of the, on the, under the tarp. So he obviously had some, he obviously had some skills. Well, he'd have to. Yeah. He'd have to. Even just, just to survive 10 days wandering around. Well, three days without water in your cactus. Yes. Well, exactly. He probably found a cactus and ate it. Yeah, <laughs> probably did. Um, anyway, he finally decided... Actually, sorry, he, he after wandering around for 10 days, yep. he discovered a dam. Oh, beautiful. Right, so he stumbled across a dam. Dam! Literally in the middle of nowhere. Yep. With a um, dirty big cattle trough yep. right, upside down laying next to it. So he set up camp there. 
Perfect. He figured, if anything... Well, that's where someone's going to come. That's right. They're going to come to water. Yeah. And being a dam in the middle of nowhere, he was like, well, and a cattle trough. He's like, obviously, I'm on a station of some sort. Yeah. So this dam has water in it? This dam had water in it. Okay. It did have water. Um, even in the middle of summer, he said there was an, there was a steady flow. So it may have been a spring from out of the yeah, ground. Yeah, okay. Yeah, probably was. I don't know. Or maybe a pipeline that was actually from the yep. cattle station. Uh, anyway, he so yeah, he literally um, stuck by the dam and mm-hmm. ate lizards and toads. Toads? That's Frogs? Toads? I'd go a lizard. Don't know if I'd go a toad. I'd eat a frog. I think if don't you, think I'd eat a toad. I think if you need to eat something, you'd probably just yeah. Couldn't a toad kill you pretty quick? Toads just seem I dead. Don't know, dirty man. It depends what times to- what type of toad it is, I suppose. If it's a cane toad. I heard you can lick them. If you're going to be laying next to a dam after he could have passed, a cane toad. He could have passed a bit of time. <laughs> he could be in like another universe <laughs> for all we know. All right. So, I mean, this... So, before I go on, this story's not very long. Mm-hmm. I've just about finished it already. Okay. All right. All right. I good, didn't want to... I didn't want to punch on. All right. I just wanted to get a quick snap story out That's there. Fine. Done. That's anyway. Fine. All right. I'm so dragged enough, I think. Here's what happened. <laughs> he survived next to that dam... For 10 weeks. 10 weeks? 10 weeks. So that's why it's called uh, Left for Dead. It was 71 days. Holy moly. That's how long he was out back in, in the middle of nowhere, in the boiling heat of, in summer. The worst time of year wow. to be outside, basically. So did he, by the end of this, he would have had a pretty sick little camp set up. Well, there's nothing around. Well, you'd have to find something by then. A few sticks to stack up and possibly, yeah. I mean he did he did establish. You probably a camp. have enough fucking lizard bones to make a little house by then, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah. And frog legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little frog toes. Possibly. Make his make our own little pa- little piano. I mean there could be little uh, frog toe keys. The, I mean the picture that I saw was literally him like obviously playing a frog toe piano. No, sitting next to his, his trough which was upside down. Playing. But as as his camp. Oh. That was ah, his, yeah. So, so that was just his trough. So he hopped under the trough. He slept under the trough, yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, after 10 weeks of surviving mm. in the freaking middle of nowhere, he was uh, discovered and rescued by two passing station hands. So two guys that obviously worked on the station yep. just so happened to be walking past or horse riding past or yep. whatever they were The doing. horse were probably walking. Probably horse walking past. Yep. Or maybe motorbike walking past. Mm-hmm. You know the, how motorbikes walk? They would roll. No, they walk. Okay. Have you ever seen that? No. Ah, wrong farm. I have seen some funny cartoons where like a wheel is just heaps of boots though. That's oh, yeah. That's pretty funny. That actually, that's a thing. Is it? Yeah. Oh, good. You didn't know that? No. Oh, now you do. It's a motor boot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he, got, he got rescued and obviously lived to tell his tale. He wrote a book about it. Um, he was nearly dead. He'd yep. lost 60 kilos Holy shit. So he'd yeah. lost a person. He'd lost a so person. So he was a big boy. He was probably a big lad. Probably a big lad. And that's I probably lost, what saved him. If I lost 60 kilos, it you would wouldn't be much exist. Less me. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a foot sitting on the yeah. ground. <laughs> Just a hand. He'd be a station foot instead of a station hand. There you go. Huh. <laughs> so yeah, he was nearly dead. He's, he was at his at his very end. Wow. I think the food factor was was very. That'd scarce. be yeah. That'd be right. There's only so many lizards that you can eat that yep. walk on by. Um. Yeah. You can you can live quite a while with water. I think, with water. Sure. 
But if you've got enough body fat to live off as well, I suppose, which he is probably a big, did. big factor. 71 days. Because then your body starts eating your muscles as well, mm. and then body starts eating everything. So mm. he could have been a big Arnold Schwarzenegger looking dude. Now probably. Out looking like... I mean, the photo I now, know. he doesn't look like Someone that. Else. He doesn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. He just looks like an average Just average dude. Joe. Yeah. Well, maybe he's just an average dude. Joe. Average Jude Joe. My mouth stopped working. That's... I wasn't being anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there you go. That was uh, Ricky McGee. Good old Ricky McGee. Surviving McGee. guy. Fantastic and... name and a good survivalist. There was another story I actually was going to bring as well. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was made famous because um, these this guy went missing uh, in the Pilbara near Broome, and uh, he was he was missing for quite a while, and it like with uh, with rescue helicopters, even Aboriginal trackers, yep, um, like res- like uh, like professional like fight like all these guys were trying to find this guy, and. The freaking a current affair found him. Found him. They stumbled oh, across they him would, and found they would him. They've been stoked. And they actually were. Um, they were. I don't know if they were taken to court or they were fined, but they held him. They kept him and did an interview for twenty a, minutes. I was just about to say before I they bet. flew him with yeah. their helicopter yeah. to Broome yeah. for oh, for murder. Can I have a drink of that water? Yeah. No, no, mate. No, just for a bit of realism. <laughs> Can you just hold off on the water just for five? Just for yeah, five. We've just got so to get, get a shot. shot of how dry your lips are. And <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Good yeah, stuff. So that, right. that was back in uh, late late nineties, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, oh, at least TV has got better now. Yeah, journalists wouldn't do that these days. No, they'd they'd get the shot and then leave him there and, and keep going to the next story. Dirty dogs. So there you go. That's a, a good story, of, man. A couple of survival Ricky stories. Ricky McGee. Ricky McGee from uh, up north in this hot-ass country. He from up north. Um, so, I heard about you. Um, thinking, yeah. Yeah. I heard about you thinking about rubbish. Ah, uh, right? yes, yes. So, Hang I looked, on. I looked up a little bit today. Did you um, Did you hear about me picking up rubbish along the roadside by I any did. chance? I did, mate. I actually went down the beach the other day and I went for a walk and picked up some rubbish. Yeah, same. You're an awesome dude, eh? Found a... I didn't actually find that much. I was really proud. Yeah, that's good. I was good. proud of people, actually. But... I did I did the same thing. We spoke about it last week in mm-hmm. Foul Bay. Mm-hmm. And same thing. I probably... I mean, there was a, a little bit, but... I found a salt and, uh, salt and vinegar chip packet mm-hmm. and two bottle tops and that was about it. Okay. Pretty sure. So someone had a couple of beers and a packet of chips. No, they weren't all together. Oh. <laughs> no, they right. threw the bottle caps. Yeah, they yeah. got thrown. Um, yeah, I did a uh, clean up with my my youngest child, yep. and we hit our, our local road. Uh, yep. We live in I live in the middle of nowhere for starters, so mm-hmm. we're like forty k's out of town in farmland, at an intersection uh, that comes off the main highway. Yep, yep. Still in the middle of nowhere. There's not many cars. We grabbed a couple of bags, parked up, and literally walked each like side of the road. Yep. Collecting bottles, cans, rubbish, plastic, glass, you name it. We could we found it. Tires, all sorts of crap. We did one and a half kilometers. Uh, sorry, one point seven kilometers. Yep. And we ended up with an absolute mountain of trash. It's kind of it disgusting, was eh? Ridiculous. I put up uh, a whole bunch of photos. I think on socials a couple yep. weeks ago when yeah, we actually did it. The amount of bottles, which are oh, literally just people man. kicking them out the window. It's crazy. You have to be a pig. It is if you're, crazy. If you're somebody that's listening to this that throws your rubbish out the window while you're driving, give yourself an uppercut. <laughs> Do yeah, it right now. And stop fucking littering. Yeah. 
Yeah, what he said. That's a dirty, go. dirty thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're going to keep going, actually, and finish the road. Good. The road's about eight kilometres long Far until out. it hits gravel. So Get a skip bin. We'll probably need one. Yeah. The, it's, it's ridiculous. Have any cool finds? Find any money? No, we didn't find any money. I mean, the coolest... See, it's funny, isn't it? People don't throw their they money don't. out the fucking window, do they? they? But it's okay to throw everything else yeah. out the window. I think the coolest thing, I guess, for, for me that we found is like really old cans and bottles. Like we found a couple, you know, like Sunkiss, the mini cans we used to get when we were kids. Yeah. Stuff like that I Missed found that, that I haven't seen for years and years. Going to BMX and getting a tiny little can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just goes to show how long the rubbish has stayed on the side of the road for. It doesn't break down. Like nah. It takes, you know, thousands of years. Yep, exactly. Which, a lot longer than we're going to be here. Yeah. So, um, all right. So we did some research. I also did some research on some rubbish. Okay. Um, we can probably talk about the one we probably did together. Yeah, well, I didn't do too much research on it. I just know about it. All right. It disgusts all right. me. Well, let's go. So in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, mm-hmm. there is a massive big ball of pretty much plastic. Amount of rubbish. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It's made up of pretty predominantly fish nets mm-hmm. and lots and lots of plastic shit that shouldn't be there that's ending up pretty much in us now. Because fish are ingesting it in microplastics and then we're right, ingesting yeah. the fish. Of course. Which thankfully I don't eat much fish. Don't you? No. Oh, it makes you smarter. No, not if it's full of plastic. <laughs> it turns you into a fucking Barbie doll. <laughs> um, I actually have written down a whole bunch of facts about this. All right, good. Um, I thought we'd hopefully... The Pacific Garbage Patch. The Pacific Garbage... To be specific... Yes. It's in the Pacific. Beat me to it. The... <laughs> This dirty pile of rubbish isn't actually a pile. It's not necessarily a floating island. No, no, no. But it's the size of the area that it is contained in. It's the size... It's twice the size of Texas. Two times the size of Texas. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of it, like you said, is fishing nets. But the other part of it is fingernail-sized pieces of plastic. God's sake, for a second there, I thought you were going to say fingernails. Yeah, and there's so going, many I fingernails. Was, I was getting even more grossed out. And then my next question was, how the fuck did all those fingernails get there? <laughs> but that's not the case. Fingernails sized or smaller mm-hmm. in the upper water column. So well, basically the, the surface... Thing. Plastic doesn't break down and go away. It just breaks down to smaller and smaller pieces. That's exactly right. Um, so yeah, it's widely dispersed. Um, it covers uh, 1.6 million square kilometers mm. well it stretches from hawaii i believe and then it was all both, the way to i can't remember portugal or both something sides, crazy both sides i'll tell you yeah. i'll tell you how so there's two piles or two main congested areas yep uh one is uh west of hawaii that ends up going hang on i did write this down let me just and how this happens as well is because all the currents in the pacific ocean pretty much all end up swirling to this one point and that's where everything gets brought. So it's like everybody's just letting all their rubbish end up here. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it goes from east from uh, Hawaii to California. Yep. Is one congregation of rubbish. And the other side is Hawaii to Japan. To Japan. Okay, that was yep. the one I was trying to think of. Now, <laughs> on Japan, so Asia is actually ready for this. China, Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand, Vietnam. Mm-hmm dump more plastic in the sea than all the other countries combined in the entire world. Yes. Right? Which is disgusting. It is disgusting. Um, I don't give a, I don't give a shit. 
They but, probably do, well, but they don't. The thing is, why do you think everything gets made in China? Yeah. Because it's cheap labour. And a lot of the... And they uh, can get away with dumping their shit wherever they want to dump it. That's right. And a lot of the <coughs> poorer poorer countries don't have the infrastructure no, for like, exactly. like rubbish collection. And a lot of the bigger countries prey on that to get cheap labour. That's right. Um, so the rubbish pile, um, or sorry, the rubbish in the ocean there has been uh, discovered 50 years ago mm-hmm. as it started... I guess collecting, it's increased tenfold every decade yep. since 1945. Believe that. And the worst thing is, what you see on top isn't. It's kind of like an iceberg. That's right. It's all. It's yeah, meters under. It's and... phenomenal, man. Um, there's six pounds of plastic to one pound of plankton. That's insane. Seventy-five percent of some turtles that they have found there. Seventy-five percent of their diet. Is plastic. Plastic. There you go. Yeah. Which would just about make that ratio mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. Um, now, there's a couple of, uh, I guess, projects and institutions out there that are actually trying to combat this thing. I actually saw a good video today of a, two big ships dragging these huge big nets. Yes. Collecting it. So there's two main ones. It's the Clean Up the Ocean Project. There is the Clean Up the Ocean Project. Uh, no, sorry, the Ocean Cleanup Project. Sorry, Ocean Cleanup Project. <laughs> yeah, right. And the other one is the Ocean Voyages Institution. Yeah. So they both uh, are actively pulling out shitloads of, of rubbish. The Ocean Cleanup Project was, um, remember, it was initiated by that kid. The ah, actual... making the bracelets. No no, 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 no. The design of the actual net that catches the rubbish in the ocean was designed by like this seventeen-year-old kid. He went on the. Um, uh, the New Inventors. Ah, Remember that ABC yeah, show? Yeah, that was a great show. So there you go. He's, he's not a kid anymore, obviously. Yeah. But they're up to, I think they're up to the third or fourth variation of this machine. So that's what this. we need more of, hey. We and need it, more innovators like that. And it is going to happen. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so yeah, there you go. There's a few uh, few full-on facts about the giant rubbish that's yeah, floating so around in the ocean. just do better. <laughs> do, do better as humans. <laughs> yeah. Now, I reckon everyone that listens to this show, I've got a feeling it's all not terribly dirty. Nah. Pick up not. after yourself. That's it. It's Pick not... up after other people. It's not hard. It's not hard, exactly. Um, moving to home, mm-hmm. right? Going to Australia. Mm-hmm. I did a little bit of research uh, on rubbish in Australia. Yes. Um, and I'll quickly run through it. So Australians throw away eight billion dollars worth of food waste every year. Yeah, that's a big which one. Is stupid because there's mm-hmm. a lot of people in the world that don't even eat. Yep. Um, over a million marine creatures die every year uh, from the rubbish in oceans. That's just in Australia. Yeah. This is Australia. This is this is Australian yep. uh, facts now. Um, obviously plastic takes thousands of years to decompose and glass takes millions of years to decompose. Yep. Which is pretty full on. Uh, over half of the waste in Australian landfill is construction and demolition waste. Wow. That was, I thought it was an insane fact. So half, over half of what is in our tips. Yep. Is building construction and demolition waste. Be a bag load of asbestos in there. Oh man. It's ridiculous. Ugh. Um... Aussies, Aussies rank in the top most wasteful nations in the world. That's rank. Uh, yeah. Each person contributes to 1.5 tonnes of rubbish a year. Well, you got some back, mate. I did. Probably not that much, but no. we're working on it. Work, work on making <laughs> yourself um, garbage neutral. 
Uh, what else have we got here? Um, worldwide, 99% of everything humans buy <clears throat> is trashed in six months. Wow. Yeah. So I guess the other 1% is like, you know, maybe your TV, your fridge, your stuff that obviously lasts more than six months, but... Yeah. Yeah, um, I can say that. Yeah, there you go. Um, dirty, dirty people. The food we produce in Australia can feed... This is a little bit off, off uh, rubbish, but it was in there. The food that produces in Australia can feed 60 million people a year. There's only like 27 million in Australia, huh? That's right. That's why our, our import-export market is it's crazy. so big. Uh, all plastic generated in Australia uh, is 12% is incinerated, only 9% is recycled, and the rest goes into oceans, uh, landfills, and waterways. Yep. Mm. Yearly 1 billion plastic bottles purchased in Australia. That's how many plastic bottles that are bought. That's insane. Just use a reusable bottle. I See, I've got plastic bottles, but I reuse these ones, like, a long time. Globally, 1 million plastic bottles are used every minute. Wow. It's phenomenal, man. I, I mean... And this you know, is in, sorry, is it globally, did you say? So th these are Australian facts, but that's a global that's one. A global so one. Australia right. uh, produce, or sorry, purchase 1 billion plastic bottles a year. Yep. But globally, 1 million bottles are purchased every minute. Bloody hell. And only 20% of all of those get recycled. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. The other uh, crazy fact in all of the oceans, there's over 700,000 tonnes of trash in well, Australia, that's all so. very depressing Joe. yeah it is i know sorry very, about that. i just wanted to shed a bit of light because i've been getting uh stuck into the nitty-gritty of of rubbish and trying to clean up you know my area and and whatnot and the more i looked into it the more depressing it does get yeah and it's hard to oh i saw actually coming to that i saw this uh little quick video today um i think it was in rio rio de janeiro yes um, so they have flash flooding and Brazil? stuff. Brazil? Yep, in Brazil. Got it. There was these, um, there was these guys that are trying to innovate like a, a massive fence. It's like a ginormous fence. Rabbit proof. That goes across this huge river. Ah, they got rabbit water rabbits. Water rabbits, man. There's this crazy problem yeah, over there. Yeah, they got a problem in Brazil with water rabbits. They, they introduced them. They wanted to feed more people and they've gotten yeah. out of control. Yeah. What you have to do now is a special type of um, toad. You can introduce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it licks eat, the they, rabbit. They, they, it licks the rabbit. Oh, okay. And then the rabbit drowns when it goes in water. Yeah, sweet. There so that'll go. be right after that. That'll be fine. Now, this this fence is, like, massive. It looks like uh, a chicken wire, like like ring lock fence. Okay. But huge, like, on a big scale. Okay. Like, the posts are uh, columns, man. It's, it's How massive. How big are these water rabbits? Huge. <laughs> Obviously, the mesh is like is um is there's mesh inside that mesh as well. Ah, okay. So, so it's, it's, a it's mesh not letting mesh. through. It's not letting through like cars like that are floating down the river. So the point is, they put this thing across the river. Yes. Because they get flash flooding, and it happened. They, they showed a video of it. Catches all the shit. All this rubbish, man, that comes down. It yep. was it was like gob smacking. How much it ends up in the ocean? Yeah. Because it flows straight in the ocean, and this fence was catching it. Right, so I think this fence that I was, was showing in the video was the third iteration of this fence, mm -hmm. like design. They're trying to get this thing to work, 
and it it was working and they were like yeah it's working they're all frothing and all the like the water was like a torrent man it was oh, a phenomenal amount yeah, of water the power that would be behind was, that and man. the rubbish floating on top was like crazy yeah. and it kept building up and building up and damming and damming and you could see the water like trickling through this thing yeah and then eventually bang no the water started like eating away at the the sand or the soil under the fence uh, and then it started draining and as it goes obviously it started sucking everything so the, the fence kind of did like fail yeah but um, it worked obviously better than the last two iterations you'd probably have to kind of make it down and then a big long drag they're doing they're doing that and they're actually going to have um, a few different fences yeah, with different stages, size mesh stages yes yeah. so, so, like so there's not just one catching the entire like yeah. mass of water there's so going to the be cars one get caught here cars further up and then then the you know yeah. the TVs and then the yeah. the, um, the drink bottles People and then the VCRs um, then the nice oh, forks yeah. DVD players no no one even uses them anymore I don't know whatever they've got but the USBs, they'll have to have one for their USBs. It's to be honest, man. It was just like, I mean, there's there's a lot of poor places over there. Yeah. That definitely don't have the infrastructure for rubbish collection and all that. Like those, you know, the the. Um, well, I'm pretty sure. Shacks. I'm pretty sure in Brazil, there's actually a place that's almost made of rubbish. Yeah. And a lot of poor people live there. Live there, yeah. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't there that where that choir came from. And they all had instruments that they had made from rubbish. Oh, there you go. And they were all a bunch of kids, and music was beautiful. And that's how they sort of brought awareness to the rubbish issue. And I think it's more about education as well. These people, you don't have the education, you don't have the know-how, they don't know. Yeah, that's very true. Them. Yeah, they've got to have that. And the infrastructure, and yeah. I suppose everything. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, I can't remember the name, but if people want to look into it, it's pretty cool. Rubbish just type, choir. Just type in the rubbish choir or something or the garbage choir. Um, Brazil could have been somewhere else. I'm pretty sure it was Brazil. Yeah. So uh, anyway, there you go. Oh, that was brilliant. That's that. Uh, hopefully they they nail it because it was. Yeah. If, it, if it's so, if the project, if it's something that works, it's going to be implemented in all these countries that have these you know severe problems with rubbish flowing out to the ocean. Yeah. So hopefully it works. Which will help. Yep. Yep. Oh, at least people are getting onto it. Are you uh, are you got anything else, mate? No, I'm done. Dusted, buddy. Oh, yeah? yeah? I've got another dirty story to talk about. All right. Hit me with it. Um, I think you know about this. So, all right. When I was working down in uh, the mines, yeah. this one was down south, mm-hmm. not up north, on a nickel mine. Yep. I won't say the name of it because it was a pretty phenomenal uh, accident that happened down Is there. Is that next to the Penny Mine? Yeah, just down the road. Um, How'd you know? Yeah. Oh, no. I was just... Yeah. I've yeah, just, right. I've been there before. Ah, oh, okay. 50, so, 50 Cent Mine's my favourite. Is it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool, that one, eh? Yeah. It's like hell, like hip and stuff. Like, <laughs> they only played rap music there. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean 50 Cent Pieces? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, no, not, no, a, no. not a mine, but they're mining out literal 50 Cent rappers. 50 Cent rappers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was working down there. Um, so at the, at this, I'd only just started down there, actually. I was doing some shift coverage on this mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a scaffolder there. Scaffy. There was endless maintenance on this place um, because they use a lot of acid in the process to get the nickel out of the must ore. It's fucking hard to work on acid. It's hard to work on acid, man. You're just tripping all day. Chasing that purple elephant around. It's crazy. With your pickaxe. You can never I suppose catch you've it, all though. got pickaxes. You can yeah. never catch the purple elephant, man. You got a pickaxe? I definitely have a pickaxe. And a headlamp? Headlamp. Candle inside. Candle like inside. Old mate's thing. carrying the canary behind us. Beautiful. You know, in the cage. The donkey with all your tools on it. All above ground work, by the way. 
So oh. it looked strange. That was a bit weird. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you when you're breathing in acid. Never all lost day. one canary. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never found one either. Uh yeah, so I was I was working on this this area where um or the scaffolding around these tanks. So these tanks were uh I think the the material in there, so the ore that was in there like mud. It was like a mud. Yeah. It was heated up um to like I think it was like 90 degrees, mm-hmm. nearly bo- or maybe hotter. Um, also, it was injected with acid. Mm-hmm. So it basically breaks down and, and get with the heat treatment, the acid treatment, it gets the, the nickel out of the ore, basically. Yeah. And it's obviously pumped out as the product. Um, so these things were huge tanks. They were like 16, 20 meters high. They were, they were, and they were quite large, like quite round. Um they were quite round. They were quite were they round. Oval, so they were. Ovals? No, 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 they were definitely round. A rhombus? No, that's a slanted square. They definitely weren't slanted squares. Okay. No. Be How a... would you describe them then? Round. They're better. So they were round. Round. Oh, okay, good. Round tanks. Yeah. So um, I was just for the listeners. No, no, that's fine. Hey, if you if you're confused, then. <laughs> And if you're wondering how the hell they used a, a rhombus to make a tank, <laughs> that's just that's... my favourite shape. I don't know why I said that. Okay, that's fine. That's I reckon there's definitely a rhombus tank out there somewhere. They better be. They would be. I'm getting one for the house. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so they're like a steel tank on the outside. I think they're rubber lined again on the inside. Then there's like ceramic bricks. Yep. Uh, that line the inside and then... probably probably heat bars going through the bricks to warm everything up, eh? No, I think that was just um, so, so that so the acid doesn't eat the tank. Ah, I get you. Yeah, so it's protective layer. So there's acid the in tank. there as well. Yeah, the acid is it's injected. 90, Ninety degrees. Yeah, you think that's probably because reactions work better at heat. I think so. Yes. So I think it's every ten degrees adds an extra ten percent. It could even be hotter than. No, I've got a feeling it might be hotter than ninety. I think it was yeah. like one hundred and ten or something. It was proper hot. Ooh, don't blow it out too much. Another twenty degrees, <laughs> man. That's what I'm going to add to my story. It's full on, eh? It's gone from like bubbling to. Like boiling, basically. Well, it's a, it's a, that'd be a good bubble. Good bubble. It does bubble. If it was water, it'd be evaporating, though. That's true. It does steam. Do we like... know what sort of acid this was? Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, yep, it's... Um, Hydrochloric ascorbic. Nah, it's... I can't remember what it's called now. Okay. So there you go. That's how well I know my acids. Yes. Um, this tank. I did learn what it is, but I can't remember. So the tank... Anyway, so the tank's lined. Now, these tanks were pretty old. Um, they weren't maintained... Probably enough. Yes. And I so, remember when I got there, dirty, there was like green, hands. like fluoro, like weird green, kind of like slime down uh-huh. the outside of the tank. You were at the nuclear plant at the Simpsons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry, not not uh, the nickel mine down south. I was in the Simpsons. As, Sounds like very Simpsons. Yeah. So no, it wasn't nuclear, but it was like. It wasn't glowing? Did it glow at night? No, nighttime? it wasn't glowing. No, no, no. It was just green. It was really green. It was bizarre. Okay. Anyway, so Ooh. basically it was like the the um, the acid dripping out. Oh, okay. Off the top or just out the sides? Sides, top. So there was leaks. That's what I'm getting at. So yeah, that's probably more than not maintained well. That's probably not maintained at all. That's right. So they used to wash the ashes off, ash it off with, uh, with like a hose, high pressure hose. What, with fucking more acid? No, no, just with <laughs> just with water. We're like an acid. Get the even stronger acid. And they used to, um, we used to build scaffolds so they could literally like cut the the leak, like the the bit of metal outside of the tank and patch it. And some of these tanks, dude, had patches all over them. 
Oh, God. Like, it was crazy. I'm like, are these things just like, are they going to last? Like, what my dad longer? used to do with bike inner tubes. Yeah. Instead of just buying me a fucking new one, there'd be exactly. like 18 just patches on patches, it. Patches, patches, man. Keep patching it. That's what they did. They put band-aids on this thing all the time. Oh. Anyway, so this is not uh, not long after I started working there. Um, it was coming up to Christmas and I was lucky enough to get Christmas off. Mm-hmm. I was actually subcontracting from another company. So I was, I was having Christmas off anyway. Um, I got a phone call from, from the guys. Oh, um, you, you're not going to... Uh, you're not going to be needed to come in for a while. Um, we've had a bit of a bit of a situation on the plant, so just sit tight and we'll get back to you. <laughs> so obviously, the first thing I did was ring my workmates that were there, and I'm like, "What the hell happened?" So the tank that they were washing before I'd left uh, for my last shift collapsed. Oh dear! The big dirty tank full of acid, full of acid and, and bricks, boiling hot, freaking like. Like like soil, like kind of like mud, acidic hot mud. Yeah, full of bricks. So the whole much worse. the tank didn't just fall over on its side. The one of the seams split, and it ended up kind of like you know, like when you crush a coke can. Yeah. Or or and you like fold it, and it it like folds, and that's kind of how it splits. So the whole tank, the tank didn't all fall over. It sort of collapsed like sideways. Crumbled. Um, from that, the whole the contents spilled out. I think it was something like a million liters. Yep, that's, a, a, that's a lot. It was a lot. It spilled out. Mm-hmm. Spl- obviously, splashed the splash guard they had for the tank area was like a three foot wall, yeah, concrete that bonding. That didn't stop it. No, it flowed across the area straight into the substation oh. of the of the entire plant. So, so did uh, people get covered in this stuff? All right, so. There's a couple of stories that come from this. So one guy who was working on the tank, like 20 minutes before it collapsed, decided he may as well go to lunch early today. Mm. Shit you not. So him and his other workmate, they went to lunch, right? Yep. So that happened. Yep. Obviously, he, he he was literally standing, he was working on he, the tank, on that tank. He could have been cooked alive. Yep. Um, across the, when it splashed out into the substation area, there was a sea container. And the little sea container was like a permit hut. Yep. And there was a guy in the permit hut. Yep. And the sea container washed and and smashed into one of the, the hydro bloody electricity... Um, generators. Generators, yep. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, he was all right. He, he didn't like get hurt or anything, just smashed into Because he it. was in the container, obviously. Yep. So he, he was fine. Um, and there was other guys working inside the substation on the other end. Yeah. Like there's a big display, computers, you know, it's all electrical equipment. There's There's always guys in there. They saw like red shit washing in under the door from the previous room. Blood. Which is like sealed. It's like um it's like air it's like pressure sealed. Yeah, yep. yep. So it's a pressurized air conditioned room with all of your, you know, your electrical tower stacks and stuff. Yep. So like mud come flowing in under the door and they're just like, Oh shit. Like yeah, straight yeah, away yeah. that's not supposed to happen. They obviously they were right because it flowed around them. Oh, it wasn't blood. No, it wasn't blood, not this uh, time. That okay. was last time. I got excited. Like <laughs> so they, they survived. Really so so out of the out of the catastrophe basically from this tank, no one was injured, mm-hmm. no one was burnt, no one was like drowned. No, nothing happened, which is good. Yes, but that is good. The instant the the uh, the mud flowed into the hydro, um, oh she gone. The whole power plant, uh, the whole plant went down. Oh yeah, Bzz, like no power, no emergency alarm. 
Oh dear. Because the power went down. So no one even, over the other side of the plant, no one even knew what was happening. <laughs> that was still like crushing ore, having a go. Obviously everything stopped because they're like, what the yeah. hell? Who who pushed the stop button? But uh, yeah, so that was... Um, wow, man. That was pretty phenomenal. When I went back, I saw photos. Like no one was supposed to take You're photos. You're lucky you weren't there because you would have been the dude that got killed by it. Very possibly. Not your luck. Scaffolding on, on yeah. those tanks, yeah. You would have been up there fucking, I don't know. Hit and take up. We had a couple of near misses. coffee cups. Yeah, it was pretty full on out there, to be honest. It was a bit of cowboy country. A bit of wild west up Yeah, if on. anyone that I know that listens to this will know exactly what I'm talking about. Even construction days there was like the wild west. Wow. Get away with murder. Which is scary because I used to hear a lot. I had a, quite a few mates, including you, used to work on mines and stuff. And whenever you'd hear of somebody dying in the mine, you'd always get worried. Oh, shit, yeah. And all the blokes are usually all around the same age, too, so. Yeah. So stay safe, everybody. I've got a like a whole bunch of stories, yep. and I might bring you know bring a couple in or one in each week or every second week, or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to. Um, I think there was another incident at that mine site when I was supervisor. Yeah. And um, so it was your fault. No, 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 not at all. But I was on another part of the plant, and I saw it happen. Yeah, you were supervising. So no, you no. did that part well. <laughs> you supervised it. Not my work colleagues. I was doing something oh, okay. completely different. Oh, right, right. So, but I saw a guy literally jump for his life, Ooh. and I was interviewed by the Department of Mining and Petroleum, wow. and I'm not supposed to talk about it. Was that scary? Yes. Were they all like in black suits? It was really. They recorded everything. It was yeah. really bizarre. They tell you to shut your mouth and never speak of it ever again. Yeah. They, so I can't wait to bring it out? in. <laughs> did they pay you out? <laughs> no, no, no payouts. No, no, no. They might have to soon. Well, there you go. But I'll, I'll if talk you about do that talk time. about it, and then you get knocked off, though, I'm going to oh, do the podcast by myself. Well, that, then you know that's what happened. I shouldn't have brought the story exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. But I will. I'll bring it in. Another dirty story. Sounds good. The uh, photos of the aftermath of the tank were phenomenal, man. Everything was like like this. So no one got toxic avenged. No one. Nah. No, no one. No one was directly affected by it. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff got damaged. The, the bill for it was phenomenal. Oh, like I could to, imagine. To repair everything. Yeah. I spent a lot of time over the next 12 months working on those tanks yeah. to repair the rest of them. Crazy. Like the mines, they, they shut them down for that. that That's a I lot think of a money. Whole, for a month, man, they weren't allowed to produce anything. They had to fix it. Well, they probably should have got better tanks. They got fined, but they didn't get fined much. No, nah, nah, nah. they never do. No. Nah. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this week. That wraps it up for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Um, as usual, hit us up at www.luckyparachute.com. Yeah. Any of the other socials. Twitter. We're on there sometimes. We're on TikTok sometimes. But yeah. we're mostly on Instagram and Facebook. Yep. Um, I'll always leave our little uh, our links in our descriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, Might do a bit of a face reveal this week. Yeah, we'll do a face reveal. Yeah. I don't know, some of you are etching to see the faces behind the voices. Oh, our faces? Yeah. I was going to get to reveal some faces, just random faces. Okay, we'll do that too. All right, cool. We'll do How about we reveal like five faces? Ah, uh, have, have guess. to guess what the voice, who the voice matches. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can They'll do a game. They'll never guess who Take I am. Take a game out of it. That'll be fun. Um, we have been saying dirty along the, a lot of times this episode. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. Check the socials and discover why and keep your little ears peeled back. Yes. Listen out for that dirty word. Appreciate you. Love you. See ya. All right, guys. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>